0: Welcome to another edition of the Maniverse Podcast with your host Tom Traplin. This is session number 25. Hello, listeners. Welcome to a special episode of the Metaverse podcast. Number 25. This show marks the quarter-century mark for the show, and we are still going strong. There's a second reason this particular episode is a special one. The featured guests on today's show run an excellent shop in Cayuga Falls, Ohio, and I've been working to get them on the podcast for weeks. They have a popular channel on YouTube and are just crushing it right now. Many of you may have already seen some of their videos, including the popular series Card Shop Life. I am, of course, talking about Kevin and Aaron from Darium's CCGs. This was an epic interview, and we covered so many different topics over the course of the conversation, I have to break it up into two episodes. So this is part one of the Darium's interview, but before we get started, I do have to warn you. Swearing bothers you you're going to have some trouble with this interview. We don't hold back, and this episode definitely qualifies as explicit. So just a heads up, you're going to hear about how Darium's got started, The power of making things up on the fly and just executing, selling on eBay and TCG Player and why eBay kind of sucks now, wasting thousands of dollars on a website, building a YouTube community, crate services, why it's so hard to find people with initiative, dealing with the muggles, and tons more. Kevin's enthusiasm and Aaron's deadpan humor make an awesome combination, and I had a lot of fun recording this episode. Uh, Rants and tangents abound in this interview, and I'm really excited to jump in, so let's go. Okay, so uh, which one of you guys wants to
1: jump in Go first? With Aaron. Aaron's the star. Okay. Um, I started probably, um, around 98 when I got into Pokemon. And maybe around that time, I got into EverQuest. Was that your first gaming, like, that you got into was Pokemon? Not to interrupt, but... Um... I played a little bit of Magic, like a couple years before that, but it was just a, uh, like, I knew someone that played the game and he kind of like showed me the cards. And so I first started Magic in 95, that's when I first got my DCI number, but I like didn't really touch it again until around Pokemon came out. And then I played Pokemon for a little bit and I played Magic for a little bit. So it was around the same time where I just like got into both things. And then I found EverQuest and I just ignored that uh, whole like card game stuff. And I played EverQuest.
0: And you got sucked into the world of the MMOs.
1: I did. Hmm.
0: And how about you, Kevin?
2: Oh god. Okay, so I started gaming actually alright. When the Nintendo came out. Um yeah, I'm old as fuck, yes. Because my brother, I had a brother who's four years older than me, and I had a father who, like, actually, you know, supported gaming, which was really weird back in the 80s. Because, you know, it's either you were playing an arcade or whatever, but... So my dad supported the hell out of that and used to buy all the shit for us. So, really, I got into it because my brother was into it and my dad supported it. And I loved Nintendo and my brother was still hooked on Atari, so... Um, but going forward from my own discoveries, uh, I started playing Magic at the tail end of Beta again because my father was buying it for me so i've been doing all of this shit way too long but where it became serious where i kind of started uh i don't want to say like dedicating my life to gaming but like when i became hardcore was uh end of 97 when ultima online came out first it wasn't the first ever mmo but i played that with a um a buddy a real life buddy and it just fucking sucked me in. So that's when MMOs just kind of swallowed me until uh, World of Warcraft came out. So I never even tried uh, EverQuest at all, which, you know, Aaron probably hates me for that. But, <laughs> yeah, so it kind of, there was like different chunks in my life. Um, to the point where even my father took me to the 1990 Nintendo World Championships. Ooh. And um, I have all that shit still. Except cool. for I have one major regret from that. I do not have my gray cart anymore that sells for, like, what is it, like $10,000, $20,000? Because every finalist got it. So I have my finalist paperwork, I have all the pictures, I have all of that. But somehow, over the last 20-some years, uh, that cart has gone missing. So, That's a shame. Yeah, so there's chunks of my life where I got into each, like, the card games, like, uh, a TCG seriously, console gaming seriously, MMOs, like, seriously. It's just kind of been sporadic throughout my life, but... Um, I'm never fucking giving it up because all of it's like a passion of mine. Um, magic has waned a bit, though. After owning a card store and having the business end, mm-hmm. it hasn't gotten boring. Let's not say that, but, like, it's... It morphs your view on it. Where there's just... It's like Aaron asked me one day, he was like, dude, how does it feel to own, like, a Magic collection this big? And, like, it didn't even dawn on me at that time that I'm like, holy shit, I do own all of this. Like, I lo- I it's such like a business standpoint of view with me where I'm just like, nah, this is the business and the business is a different entity. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I kind of became too adultish, I guess I should say in that aspect where I looked at it going, nah, that is his business now. So it just became too much businessy and the, the fun actually got sucked out of it. Kind of,
0: kind of like it's a job, right? You spend so much time it's, with it. you just, it's just work now.
2: Yeah. It's not like a job in the sense where it's, you know, annoying or anything but yeah it's just it's too i don't know it's it's really hard to explain because it's a goddamn it's a surreal kind of feeling but yeah even when i walk in now i don't realize that it's my shit it's so weird <laughs> but anyways that's that's the gist of it i could go on for hours about beginning my gaming but it was just mm-hmm. heavily supported by my father at a time where um most of my friends who were gamers like their mom would look at it being like you should be doing your schoolwork and other things, and like their dads, usually just kind of like grow up, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had a really good family that actually embraced it instead of shunned it.
0: Sweet. Now here's a question: Would you go back? Like, would would you want to regain that feeling of you know the fun gaming days? If you if
2: it meant you'd have to give up the business, um, I think I like what I have because it's such a unique uh, social life it's um, like a lot of the people that work for me are people that you know have been my friends or I know really well and going in there is nice now being like the head of it you know it's good to be king kind of thing mm-hmm. I, won't, I won't lie it's, it's pretty fucking awesome you know because you're automatically accepted into every circle because hey there's a guy that owns the place
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but no I don't think I would give it up I really wouldn't because there's so many other aspects to gaming you know, and there's other things that it's allowing me to do. For example, um, Pat the NES Punk, Alpha Omega Sin, people like that. I mean, Pat and I don't really talk, but, like, Alpha and I talk pretty often. We're actually supposed to do some video collaborations together. That never would have happened without the store. So it's like I get to meet all these other people doing the video game aspect, which I still love and enjoy. So it's it's a nice bridge to get into these other circles where there's no fucking way that I would have gotten into. So... There is great rewards, and a lot of that fun still there. It's just morphed into different areas, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's uh, talk
0: about diriums then. Do you both own it? Is that the uh, structure?
2: No, I am the sole owner. Okay. Man. Um,
1: I just work there.
2: On paper, yes. I, on paper, I own he works there, but that is not how it's actually ran. Go on. Tell me more. All right. Okay, I'll... <laughs> The, okay, Most businesses you don't I'll try to sum this up as quick as I can Sure, I've known too many people that have went into business together Too many people And it, the main reason businesses like that Fail is because of Interpersonal issues, problems It's usually not the, the finances That cause it to fail Because two people can bring in a lot more money than one Only mm-hmm. let it start, okay So The thing is, is, Aaron's my manager So which means I trust him I have to trust what he does, his opinions, his business decisions. Otherwise, why would you promote someone to manager if you don't completely trust them? Now, he keeps me in the know of what he's doing and this and that, but usually it's after he's like, hey, I bought a bunch of this, or hey, I did this and that. So I let him run it and make his own decisions. You know, I don't have to step in there and okay everything and this and that, yada, yada, to the point where Aaron has actually vetoed some of the shit that I was going to (laughs) do. Now, I do hold the final word because I'm the owner, but... I just let Aaron do whatever Aaron thinks that needs to be done for the business. So he is running it as if he owns it with the decisions he makes because I trust him. You know, And that's the relationship you need to work. Otherwise, him and I will start clashing when he's like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I'm like, no. And that's what tears businesses apart. So I think he can make any decision he wants to. If he didn't have that power, I wouldn't have made him a manager. I completely wholeheartedly trust him on that. So... Whatever he wants to do, he does. So it's kind of like two owners. So on paper, I'm the owner, he's the manager, but fuck, if Aaron's like, you know what, this place sucks, we're going to rent a different place, I'd be like, okay, you know, that's the decision you made, we'll do it, you know? That's the trust. We're going to do that next week. All right, we're doing it. Well, otherwise, what's the point of having him, you know, a manager? He would just be a normal, just, you know, crew person, but he's the one that's there all the time. I'm not. You know, he sees what happens in the physical shop a lot more than me, so his knowledge is also a lot more, too. I mean, why should I second-guess, you know, his opinion on things? Just because I own a piece of paper that says I'm the owner? That doesn't give me any extra insight, you know, or experience or anything over him.
0: Yeah, for sure. He he may be making much better decisions than you. You can't really know Mm -hmm. ahead of time, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not about swallowing your pride or anything like that. It's just simply you can make someone your manager and you trust them that much then let them do their job and don't fucking hinder them you know Mm -hmm. so how did you two find each other been just been friends for a while um game trader yeah game trader like i've known him a lot longer than like we talked it was just the same like two circle of friends maybe and then um when edh became big in another card store I was playing there all the time and then somehow, I don't remember how, but I ended up just always sitting on his couch
1: watching TV. <laughs> oh, uh, Yancey moved into the apartment.
2: Ah, that was it. That was it. Okay, yeah, our mutual friend Yancey. So then I just hung out there all the goddamn time just watching yeah. TV. Okay, I mean,
0: so, and you just decided that uh, at some point you're like, maybe we should just work together?
1: I had a I re- crappy ca- cafe job and I heard Kevin was going to open up a shop and I just asked for a job <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, there's nothing yeah. fantastical about the story or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, Aaron would be good for it. So brought him on. Um, when I first brought him on, though, for the first, like, what, month or two, he had zero hours a week because I was just working it solely. Like, I went mm-hmm. into it with the – because my mom's owned a business, my brother has owned a few, and my dad used to own one. So it's like they're business people, you know, they're – cut dry straight face business people so like when i went into it i'm like okay it's gonna be like this and like this then i'm just like no it doesn't have to fucking this is supposed to be fun you know so for a little while i was just too serious about it so what changed or when did it change i don't even there was no like epiphany there was nothing like that it just i just realized that I needed to have more fun with it, you know, and needed to not just work my ass off on it. Like, let Aaron actually do shit, bring on other people if we needed to, and, you know, this and that. I didn't need to be involved in every little thing that was happening. Mm. Like, what I try to do now is, I try to start every project that we do. Like, it's going to be like the crate service, for example, or YouTube, or selling on Amazon, eBay, I take that and I do it by myself solely until I know every little in and fucking out about doing it. And then I try to pass it off onto someone else or hire someone else to do it. So it's like I know exactly what's going on. So if they quit, anything happens, I can pick it up, you know, and it's a smooth transition. But after it's off the ground, I like to pass it off and then I just check in on it every now and then, make sure it's staying on course. And then I go off and I work on something new.
1: I to think that my job is to just perfect Kevin's ideas.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It's pretty much true.
0: Okay. That's
1: a good
2: good job. He does it well. Incremental improvements. (laughs) Here's the problem with Aaron. (laughs) When I'm like, all right, we're going to do something. And I'm like, let's find someone to do it or hire someone. Aaron's like, nah, fuck this. I got it. He does it. Don't get me wrong. He does it. But holy shit, he brings on a huge workload on himself. So, yeah, Aaron, you're...
1: I have trust issues. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, we need to hire you, your own staff. That's what you need you need like your own secretary and shit. Some people do work at the store, other than you two. Right now, it's actually not not many. Um, Baker and Yusuf and Sam. We just lost Alex. Yeah. Um, we're talking about having someone else come in, but
1: really, right now,
2: it's just five of us.
1: And James does our YouTube stuff.
2: Yeah, but I don't really... I mean, there's also Zach who still works for us. But, like, Zach just kind of comes in whenever we need something done. Um, And James, yeah, he does come in, edit some videos, whatever, and just kind of leaves. His paychecks are really small because he's not there. You could kind of say the same thing about Sam. So I'd say the core group right now is, like, four of us with another couple kind of in the wings.
0: Okay. Hmm. That's still, like, a pretty large crew compared to most game stores like you said most people start out on their own right
2: yeah a lot of places that i know a lot of the card store i still uh, talk to owners all the time they're doing it with maybe like one part-time help or it's two guys just doing it by themselves like they're they're acting like how i was in the beginning and it's just kind of if money is tight i get that but if money is so tight you can't hire another like two people then you have much bigger problems on your hands Mm. okay so let's go back to the
0: beginning days describe what it was like when you first opened the store when it was
2: just you when it's just me mm-hmm.
0: what was I mean, the process was
2: a lot obviously but I mean Aaron helped with fucking everything um, everything to get off the ground There's, uh, I didn't solely do anything to get off the ground other than like the boring paperwork shit and blah 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 um really we winged it man Yeah. like completely winged it one of our friends gave us uh, his magic collection didn't want money for it it was a huge collection he just wanted like free pre-releases and you know shit like that we tried to pay him for it um we had a shitty hole in the wall place we didn't we didn't advertise it we didn't do anything like our friends came and drafted and played and whatnot and we were actually making a bunch of sales before we even opened. We had paper all up on the windows, you know, and all this and all that. So we weren't open. Mm-hmm. But we still had people coming by just like buying shit. So the area kind of pushed it for us. Like we. <laughs> I mean, shit, all these years later, Aaron and I are still trying to figure out how the fuck to run a card shop.
1: <laughs> so yeah. it
2: just. We winged it. Just winged it. I mean, that's the thing. Aaron has a different perspective on that. I'm not
1: sure. Uh, not really. We just kind of winged it.
2: Yep and we're <laughs> still winging it we had Honestly, ebay we're still we hit up ebay pretty hard but we're winging it like right the bat. the other other businesses that we supply for or whatever a sell through however you want to say it that fell in our lap um really anything that we've done even like the crate service when we opened it we just winged it you know we're just kind of like it'd be a good idea to have crates like fuck yes yeah. so we're like all right and our answer to everything is Let's just spend money. Let's just do it. And let's figure it out after we're already working on it. And so
1: far, so good. We kind of just find outlets for when we just get too many things. Mm
2: -hmm. Like
1: uh, we had these awesome cases and then we're like, well, we have too many things in the cases and no one's buying it. So we have to move it somewhere. So let's go with eBay. And then we found TCG Player eventually. And that was just way easier. Mm hmm.
2: Yeah, we built up over 10,000 feedback on eBay. And uh, literally last week, I put up an eBay auction. And I was like, I don't remember how to do this anymore. So one of the things when I talk to card store owners, though, I think people have a problem with this. One, they put too much planning into things. They, They expect it to go off without a hitch and flawlessly. Nothing in fucking life happens flawlessly. And once they commit to something, they're afraid to abandon it. Like, we we bought, like, a website for a few thousand dollars a couple years ago. We never even finished it. We abandoned it because we realized it just wasn't going to be what we wanted. Things like eBay, we built up 10,000, you know, feedback, all this top-rated seller. We had our own um, dedicated personal rep, like, all this shit. And it's just like, well, we just don't need this anymore. Just abandon it. So, it's like, people aren't good at being fluent like that, and they just they put too much planning into things and when something kind of starts off on the ground too sluggishly they, they either get scared and abandon it too early or they just put too much thought into it that is one of the biggest things I've noticed about other card stores and someone like Aaron and I were like hey we could we, for $4,400 we could have a different crate service built yeah let's just do it and see how it goes you know like it seems care- careless but we're
1: nah you
2: don't want to put too much thought into it plan accordingly but just go you know you mm-hmm. just don't do that.
1: You can fix it.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And if you can't, as long just as you're not. Go, I right? mean, okay. If that forty-four hundred was something where it would have like put us in dire straits, then sure, don't fucking do it. But yeah, people just need to be more fluent. Hmm. So with eBay, did it just no longer become worth the time that you're putting into it, or what? Happened? Something changed? There was changes in eBay's service where, um, when Amazon started becoming really big eBay was getting away from people who were, like, businesses and more towards the people who just are going to yard sales, flea markets. Like, they raised the fees on everything that was over $50 and lowered it on everything that was under 50 mm-hmm. And, I mean, they had great customer service, don't get me wrong. They had a lot of that stuff. But they were... The dynamic of it was starting to change. And I didn't want to go along for that ride. That was probably the biggest thing that took us away from it. And, of course, there's always... On eBay, you deal with shit where a guy will buy a booster box from you for ninety dollars. Your profit's only like a dollar sixty-seven. But if you move, you know, two hundred of them in a week, who cares? But they'll 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 open the entire fucking box and they'll send in a complaint to eBay and be like, hey, you know, these were pre-sealed or something. He'll ship you back all the commons and uncommons, keep all the rares for himself, and eBay's like, you got to give them ninety dollars back. Yeah. So it's like that sets you back forty-five boxes in sales. Like that shit. Did happen, so it's just kind of with that change and people becoming more and more douchey I just i didn't want to deal with it anymore. seems fair, and uh, I was just curious about that' because I've seen your video about how you
0: detailed the uh, the eBay process and how many boxes that you'd sell over the course of a month and how it did you know like yeah you, the margins were small, but if it pays a big chunk
2: of your rent that's still worth it oh yeah it's. We could still make good money on eBay. We really could. Just right now, we don't, we have too many projects that we're trying to get off the ground where we just don't, we just don't want to put the time and effort into it. We, there's been times where we tried to, um, not try, but I wanted to kind of hire in people where I'd be like, listen, you know, you run this aspect of the business, I give you half of all the profits. Kind of like a way for you to own your own business by being part of my business, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But we've never really, got that off the ground i tried it with zach a few times too but zach's like man i'm not good with making my own directions on things so that didn't really happen but yeah work in progress maybe maybe Keep oh well it's fun. it's actually hard to find people that trust themselves enough to do that like if i you know if i sat down and offered it to you be like all right you know we'll teach you how to do it all this and all that it sounds like a good idea at first but then you're just kind of like you might be prone to thinking man if i fuck this up you know like yada yada but that's not how it is but people think they're like but if i do, if i do poorly he's gonna be upset if i you know fuck, i'm like no i'm not i just think people kind of over worry themselves when you're handing them that much what looks like responsibility when it's mm. actually just freedom
0: yeah i think well it's also i'd say it's kind of a, a cultural thing most people like we raise kids today we teach them to be workers not uh
2: no, think exactly. thinkers,
0: not entrepreneurs, right? So when you do want to – there's just not that many people who are leaders or capable of taking a, a stance for themselves. Yeah, they, have, the, they need the, the, the initial, approval. Yeah. They need the direction from other people. It's just
2: – it's hard to find people like that.
1: Yeah. It's actually no, one of our biggest issues in the shop is people who just can't take initiative.
2: Yeah, they don't like, – like you said, they don't teach initiative. You know, Like Aaron says, that, that, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. If you take initiative and you fuck up something and you make us lose money, lesson learned. Cool. Move the fuck on. You know, like, Mm -hmm. but you're right. They don't teach people how to deal with those or how to this and that. And I don't want to sit there and give people direction every fucking day. You know, it's like when like Baker or something would call me. It's like, hey, man, we're going to buy a collection. Is is that cool? I'm like, why are you calling me? You know, if you want it, buy it done simple as that simple as that yeah right, go ahead aaron you can you can explain that a lot more with the uh,
1: employees than i can um i mean that pretty much covers it i mean a lot of our i mean i'll give someone a, like a checklist to do and they'll ask for something to do or something like that and i'm like you can do this you can do this and every i mean sam's really bad about that she'll do that where she's just like, what should I be doing? And I'm like, well, here's a checklist. Go for it. But it would be great if I could just like not have to do that. Or they could just be like, oh, okay, this needs to be done.
2: Yeah, we try that it. with like uh, cleaning all the time. Mm-hmm. And we'll be like, all right, whenever you guys have you know spare time, just pick up some. And it'll never get done until we're like, hey, clean. And then it'll get done. And it's just like, I mean, that happens with anyone, but it's like, initiative as in being like hey maybe i should clean i know it's a boring job or initiative of like hey that that collection's a couple grand but it'd be good for us just buy it you know you don't need to come to us all the time but i think like you said too, the mentality of you know being trained to work for other people and then when you do work for other people at insert x job here like you are used to you're not allowed to do anything unless you're told you yeah, can you do a it circle of
0: uh it. Specific directions that you're supposed to follow, and you you do not deviate from that unless your supervisor is like, Okay, now go do this. Because no, exactly, we generally get
2: get in trouble for that. Yeah, we can't break people of that mentality. We've been trying for Mm. years, we just can't break, no matter how long they worked for us, we just can't break people of that mentality. It's strange.
0: Well, you're taught for the first 20 years odd or 20 years or so of your life that that's the way things are, so. That's pretty ingrained.
2: Yeah, I know. At least for a lot of terrible. people. It's terrible. You should yeah. not be ingrained to be a follower like that.
1: Something else that happens is if we don't tell them what to do, then they'll like maybe slack off or they'll feel entitled and then they just like mm-hmm. end up not doing it. And Entitlement. Then and then you just have to like be like, hey, this needs to be done. You should do it. And they're like, all right, I'll get to it. And then you have to fire them because they don't do it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that's... And striking that balance is kind of difficult between where it is a game store. I want you to be able to play some games, you know, bullshit with people, have fun, like, as much as you can while working. But also getting, you know, shit done, too. So it's—I guess I still need to find the balance between how do I not put a choker on someone, but at the same time not just completely set them free, you know, when they're there working. So it's like I, I have not figured out that balance yet. <laughs> It's tough, uh, tough, def-
0: It's definitely tough motivating people, especially when, if they don't feel the ownership for their job, for like if they, for somebody who works for your store, if they don't feel like uh, part of the team or that they're contributing to something, or that they feel like their position is helping you or helping the business, then yeah, it is kind of hard for them to to take that initiative. Whereas if somebody felt like like you do. Right, like the way you feel about your business is that everything you do is—I don't, don't want to say for the greater good, but it—it it helps. It's almost like, uh, almost like commission sales. Everything you do, like, comes back to you in in a way. So,
2: I've offered that too. Like I said, with the, um, you know, the eBay thing or whatever, like making mm-hmm. half, yada yada. Um, with people like working on the crate service, you know, I, I offer the incentives as well. It's like, you know, if you can handle, if you can do this stuff kind of, you know, help out or whatever, then X reward comes your way. And still that doesn't do doesn't much. Doesn't turn the, <laughs> turn the crank, huh? No, it's, it's, it's a strange thing. It's really, it's a strange thing.
1: They like the money idea, but they're like, how do I do this? And then we <laughs> end up helping them anyway. And it's like, all right, well, yeah,
2: it defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. Yeah. We hired someone back that, would be really good with doing that um i, I taught him everything that i could you know i uh, got hold of my distributors and said hey this guy's allowed to buy from you whenever he wants you know i gave him the freedom where it's like you can place any orders you want just you know let me know the total when you're done and blah blah blah, blah, blah. and like got him all prepped and he's like well fuck yeah you know and i'm like and you get half of everything you make and basically you don't have to show up here you have no hours you have nothing It's your schedules, whatever you want, your hours, whatever you want, however much you want to make, you know, yada, yada. And dude was, like, all pumped up, excited about it. And the moment I was done training him, nothing. Nothing ever happened. We never
1: heard back from him.
2: Weird. Yeah, so it's like, he's excited when I was giving him the direction. And once I'm like, all right, go out and go forth and conquer. Go play in your
0: sandbox, bye-bye.
2: Yeah, I just didn't, didn't do anything. Huh. Side note, I do want to say, (laughs) with all of this subject, is it does make me realize um, something. I'm going to go to MMOs here. There's two kind of MMOs, sandbox and theme park. World of Warcraft, theme park. It tells you what to do, when to do it, what the goal is. It's the ultimate carrot on a stick. Um, Sandbox games, like Ultima Online, you just jump in and the game doesn't tell you what to do. You know, no levels, no quests, nothing. You just do whatever you want. And I think that's why, at least here like in America, WoW is fucking monstrous. And games like Ultima, which I think to be endlessly fun, really aren't. Because I, I do think, like you said, everyone here needs to be told what to do. Whether they realize they're being told what to do or not, I just think people like that structure a lot more. So like in a game like WoW, they're like, well, you have to raid this and then raid this and then you get this and yada, yada. So people feel like they're doing it on their own, but you're literally just following an itinerary. But it's like in Ultima... You're like, well, what do I do? Anything you want. Well, what's that? Anything you fucking want. You know, I think people just get lost with that freedom.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely a definitely a problem we kind of have to address at some point, I would think, as a, a society. Like, North America, it's, that's kind of our, our issue coming up, I think. I don't uh, even know. Not enough people who are willing to step up to the plate.
2: I don't even know how you would begin to address that. Mm-hmm. I really... Don't we lost all of our innovation or innovation? What in like the late 80s, maybe early 90s, when America started to not be the forerunner in innovation? I have no, no goddamn idea how you even bring that back at all. But that's a completely side note that I could go on forever. So, anyways,
0: well, we should really come up with a solution on this podcast.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, god. Um, <laughs> what service we could do to the world winging it, ah, shit, I, I I really, I don't, I don't know, man, like, I guess my mentality, though, is so different, like, I've lived the not-typical life when it comes to the way I've earned my money, the way, you know, I do things, whatever, because I just want to do what I want to do, I don't have a problem with, with authority, but, like, I, I just don't like being told what to do, and have to, you know, do it all the time, so it's like, that's just me, you know, I don't know if that was ingrained in me, like, I do remember my brother telling me when I was uh, getting into, like, my first entrepreneurial business, which was buying and selling virtual items. He's like, you don't ever want to work for someone because your boss tells you what kind of house you can drive or own, what kind of car you can drive, what kind of food you can put on your family's, you know, plates, how big your family can be. They tell you all that because it's how much money you make from them. Mm -hmm. And, like, so he did kind of beat into my head. It's not just a paycheck you're bringing home from your boss it's your way of life and what you can actually achieve is up to your job so it's like but that was like in my teenage years and i had already wanted to not you know live under someone else's rule so i don't know where the hell i got it from i really don't and when people ask me you know why did you open a card store i did it for fun you know i that's my answer you know because a lot of people that the stupid shit we do like destroying product all the time Mm -hmm. people are like oh my god that's worth money i'm like it's fucking cardboard people it's cardboard. There's more important things in life to worry about than ripping fucking cardboard in half. And it's fun. Do we lose money? Maybe. I don't know. I don't care. I'm having fun. That's why I opened a business. And people have the hard time wrapping their heads around, you mean you opened a game store to have fun? What do you mean? <laughs> well, if I wanted to make money, I wouldn't be in this industry. You know, I'm not going to become a millionaire selling magic cards. I'd do something else. So it's like, yeah, people even have a hard time understanding that I opened a store with games to have fun. So it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. No, I think uh,
0: most people in this industry, I guess you could say, have a tough time explaining it to uh, people who are outside. Even just explaining what magic is in general to somebody who's never heard of it is really hard. Explaining that you also have a business based off of that is uh, another
2: layer. It's... I've had that question asked a bunch. Like, Especially like from someone like um, the bank or whatever you know if you're there a lot and they're like oh you know you own a business so, well what is it and I'm like it's a game store they're like oh what kind of games and I'm like just stop asking questions because the answers <laughs> yeah. get much more difficult now and they're like oh what's magic and I'm like it's like baseball cards only where you can play the game it, yep. it's, it's, and
0: they it's
2: tough and they're like, oh things. okay yeah they're like alright all right. whatever yeah <laughs> anyways let's get Aaron talking I hate stealing the thunder uh, all right, uh, Aaron. I'm gonna interview you. <laughs> good one. All right. Uh, so your boss, how douchey is he?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he's fine, I guess. No, yeah. that wasn't a good answer. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of look at the shop different. So if it's not there, then I don't have a a job, and I don't have money, and then I just I just die.
2: Yeah, but <laughs> haven't you realized by now that I'm not gonna let that happen to you? <laughs>
1: yeah but like i still feel responsible for the shop
2: <laughs> i know i know you do and that's like that's where i feel bad because you i don't want to say you take things to heart but i think you feel the gravity of the store more than i feel it because i don't want to lose the store like don't get me wrong i do not want to lose it because it's just too fun to have but like like i said to me i don't want to lose it because it's too fun but you're like yeah i lose my income and this and that. And it's like I don't know if you don't believe me when I'm just like, no, no, I'm not letting that shit happen to you. But um, I think my biggest problem with the store is this. Someday I would like to give it to Aaron, but I don't think Aaron wants to own it. I think that's like my biggest problem I have looking into
1: the future with the store. Hmm. So
2: it's a weird
1: problem to have. I'm okay with responsibility, but like maybe owning a store is just too much responsibility. Is I don't it? not
2: like are you afraid to like nosedive dive it or something or are you just like no
1: it's just i don't know maybe it's just me because like since i do a lot of stuff that i would just be like well now i had to do literally everything
2: <laughs> Ah, that's true that's
1: true um
2: maybe we'll just have to hire in some people you actually
1: trust i don't know maybe that's why like i'm actually a good employee and our other ones have not been so great
2: oh like i said i am not letting you leave <laughs> like i think if you leave the store i will close it down <laughs> <laughs> like aaron's gone that's What's saying there? something oh well, i don't know it's weird like i don't know i'm just like i'm gonna give this to aaron someday but aaron doesn't want it huh.
1: it's it's more fun with you
2: oh <laughs> why because i come in and tell you to go get me coffee
1: I get free food that way. You do get free (laughs) food that way.
2: Oh, shit. That's one more thing I want to say. Sure. So, when my guys are working, if I send someone to go get food, me, I just like to buy it for everyone. We've talked about that because the food costs were rather large. Because I like to send people to, like, Olive Garden and shit. But, um... Another weird thing is, it was uh, Yusuf the other day, I think it was like $7 or something he owed us uh, for his food, and I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. And even that, they have a problem with. Like, where they're like, what? Free food? Like, what do you mean? And it's just like, it's, I don't know, like, how much do other people's jobs suck? Like, I really don't know, I'm just like, dude, it, it's, it's cool, are you hungry? Get some food, we'll buy food. And they're like, nah, they, like, they feel too bad. It's it's strange. I'm like, it's $7. It calmed down. Just eat your goddamn food. Like, I'm starting to get annoyed now because you're almost arguing with me over the fact that I'm trying to buy you food. So, yeah, it's... I don't know. I just don't know how bad of job conditions people are actually used to anymore. Uh, I'm out of touch with that. Have you
0: ever not been an entrepreneur for yourself?
2: Um, I did have a couple jobs. I was a line cook for a little while. But, no, it's been... Oh, my God. When's the last time I had an actual job? I think like 15, 16 years, maybe? That's
0: a fair length of time.
2: I can definitely yeah. tell you that most jobs definitely suck. I know they suck, and, like, I have worked some jobs, but it's just, like... It's just, it's weird when you're just like, no, dude, I, I got it, it's okay. And they become overridden with, like, guilt. You know? It's just, it's strange to me. It's strange. I think it's like just not, not expected. And yeah, like, and I understand when when people say they're like, oh, you know, we need to raise the minimum wage. I look at it from a business owner's standpoint of view, and I'm like, well, I've got 10,000 issues with that. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I'm just like, I get it, I see it. You know, most people hate their fucking jobs. We hear people talk about it all the time, and they don't get paid enough for what they do, and they don't have any good benefits. So it's like, I, I see both sides of that coin. I definitely do. But it's just, it's funny when, you know, most people are like, we need to raise minimum wage. You know, people deserve workers deserve more, but you try to give them, you know, some stuff every now and then, and they feel like too guilt ridden to take it. You know, I don't, I don't know if they feel like it's a handout at that point or what. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. It's a, it's definitely a strange split, and that's,
0: and just from what I can tell, just from talking to you and from what you've done, you're definitely a, uh, an unusual boss. Not, not in a bad way. Just you are rare for somebody to actually like, even treat their employees to lunch. That's not uh, pretty – that's not common.
2: I, I will agree with that. I, I definitely will, but I don't know why people aren't like that because like I said, you know, let's, say, let's say I spend $300 a week on my employees, just $300 a week, so it's going to be $1,200 a month, right? That is taking $1,200 a month away from the business. I understand that. I get that. But my mentality is always, if we can't do this because it's going to hurt the business to the point we can't operate the business, then we need to think about closing down the business. And I don't know if people look at it just a penny pinch to greed as much money as they can, or if they really are riding that thin of a margin and they're okay with it. But to me, if I can't buy my guys fucking food every day, you know, even if it is Olive Garden, then I need to fucking kick my own ass and run my business better because we're clearly not making the money that we need to be making. So I don't know. I really just don't know people's other owners' mentalities. I haven't really talked to them a lot about that because it's something where I'll help people and I talk to them all the time but I'm not going to start scrutinizing the way that they run their employees, you know? (laughs) That's not my job. My job is to help them with the back end stuff so I don't I, I, I don't know I, I couldn't even answer why and especially in a small business if it's like a McDonald's or McDonald's manager sure I get you not doing that because you have a boss above your head and the person that owns the store probably owns like a dozen of them you know so it's like it's an impersonal situation but in a personal level where you see your boss every day I just don't see why like if I'm going to send someone for food why should I make them pay for it I just, it blows my mind it's fair.
0: That's fair. That's an interesting topic to explore. I think a lot of it is, uh, again, from my impression of you, your motivation for running the store is not just to make money, obviously. It was to have fun, so you want your employees to also have fun with being there and, and their life and like just everything, right? So the idea of a business isn't just to make a profit. It's also to make the lives of the people in
2: it better. Yeah, it's something where... If you work, not routine, you're not going to be driving a goddamn Porsche if you're my employee. You know, like <laughs> I, I get it's a dead end job. I get that. You know, my guys that work in the front counter aren't going to be raising a family of four very easily off that job, and I hate that. Don't get me wrong. I wish I could pay everyone fucking thirty dollars an hour. It's unrealistic, but it's like you're you're, you're working a job. You could look at a dead end throwaway job or whatever. But it's like. Why work in a game store, and me breathe down their necks? And no, it's like have some fun, have some free food, and just you don't you're not getting paid as much as I think you should be. So it's like accept the benefits when they come along, you know. Mm. I don't know. Anyways, Aaron, say something. I feel bad now.
1: Uh, you got it, man. (laughs) How
2: do you feel about
0: free
1: food? It's it's great. It's something that I don't have to pay for once a day. Solid. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay, so I just have one question.
2: For whom? Why is it called Diriums? That's all on me. In... We're going way back here to the 90s. Okay. In 97, I had to name my first character in Ultima Online. (laughs) And I hadn't even named a fucking goldfish at this time in my life. And... So I wasn't very creative with making a name. So I literally picked three characters from my left hand and three from my right hand that made a little pattern. If you look at D-E-R-I-U-M on the keyboard, it was going to be C-E-R-I-U-M because that's a perfect uh, pattern. But I was like, would that be Cerium, cerium, Kerium, Darium? Done. So I moved one letter up and went D-E-R-I-U-M. And then it's been like that ever since. So it's literally named after my Ultima Online character. That's a pretty good origin story. (laughs) <laughs> and that's and that's what I've gone by. So, that's it. I'm not very creative when it comes to that shit. Now, I knew it could hurt me in the sensibility of it doesn't explain what it is. So, we put CCGs, you know, in the title. Mm-hmm. But um, I also knew it wasn't going to be something too generic. Something like Channel Fireball. Beautiful name because it's talking about an old magic combo. Yeah. But it also kind of pigeonholes themselves into, well, it's, it's a magic name, you know.
0: Yeah, no one's going to be expecting them to
2: sell Pokemon cards necessarily. Yeah, I mean, they can. Like, ABU Games, which is my favorite game store, um, Alpha Beta Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it's only Magic. And they do some other stuff, but it's like, I just didn't want to have a generic name like that. Or Star City Games. Well, what the hell are they named after? You know, like, I just didn't want to have something generic. So I was like, even though it is a lame name to use because it's just a mouth of online character, I'm like, but it's me. You know, like, when I'm in the virtual world, it is me, and this is my store, so I'm going to name it kind of after me, you know? I think it's very fitting. So, that's that's the story. It's nothing fantastical, but, yep, it was just me making a pattern on my keyboard and figured out C-E-R-I-U-M really wasn't the coolest name, but D-E-R-I-U-M was. That sounds good. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was, I was just curious about that, because that is, it's a non-obvious kind of thing. It just like, what, what does that mean?
2: It's not and a that is, I think the biggest rewarding um, pride factor mm-hmm. is so many people now know the name Darium and I was just some 15 year old kid back then playing Ultima named Darium and it's like now people know that name. So to me, it's, that's the sense of pride that I have of like I I built something. It's something where I'm like, if I could go back and talk to myself when I was like 15 and be like, dude there's gonna be thousands of people that know your name i'd have been like no fucking way you know like i'm not a celebrity i'm not a rock star i'm not even gonna fuck i'm some idiot behind camera but it's like when people say the name dariums or especially when i see people wearing the darium shirt i'm just like that's my ultimate online character like that's <laughs> that's me that was when i became like a hardcore gamer like that is my my origin story you know so it's like that is where i have a sense of pride they don't know that you know, and it's nothing offensive or anything, but it's something where it's like, that's just fucking, it's just my sense of pride of I, I made it. You know, I, I got further in my gaming career than I ever imagined I would make it. You know, where someone's representing my name. So that is probably the most, the biggest reward I've had out of all of this is just that sense of pride.
0: Cool. Okay, so what what is your store known for? What is a... Uh... What is the one thing that people know you for? What do you do the best, better than everyone else?
2: God.
1: We're really good at not caring. Yep. Good answer.
2: Yeah. Um, I would say what we're known for.
0: Like I if you just you asked your care. customers,
2: what would they say? Not giving a fuck. <laughs> Honestly, because yeah. I can't tell you how many fucking times, multiple times a week, I crack packs off the shelf like it's going out of style and all the time people are like dude you're the only store owner I know that does that and I'm like cause I don't see it as fucking money I see it as an ooh what's inside this pack so not giving a fuck is definitely fucking up there like we spent money having a free money machine built it didn't work but like we tried doing that I bought 8 arcade machines that we still need to move into the store uh, we only have one there because Aaron and I want to have arcade machines in there for people free to play So it's like, yeah, just not giving a fuck and not looking at it like a stone-cold business. Definitely got to be what all of our physical customers know us as. Cool. I'd say where we shine, though, our actual, our groove, where we do it not the best, is social networking, man. Like, Aaron and I are young enough where we know the power of the internet, but we're old enough to actually be able to do it and, you know make it succeed because again i talked to a lot of store owners that are in their 40s 50s that have been owning a store since the 90s and they're they're suffering now and it's like do you have a facebook you know you ever thought about youtube twitter you know like anything like that and they just don't Mm -hmm. want to do it they see no value out of it so we do you know like again with youtube i mean it's the only fucking reason you're talking to us right now you know that's definitely how i found you yeah exactly and that's how we've made a lot of our connections so people, they undervalue the fuck out of that. So where Aaron and I do operate the best is networking. Not only social networking but making connections with other businesses and being able to make those connections. That's where business-wise we definitely shine.
0: Okay, so how did you get into that? Did you always do that from the beginning or is this something that kind of
2: grew in for the store? It grew in. Um, it, Like I said, our biggest business Agreement that we have, which we still the public knows about it, but we haven't actually us and the other business have talked about going public with our partnership, or whatever we just haven't concreted it that okay. fell in our lap, but when it came to YouTube, that was we had i think thirty cases of hero clicks and like fifteen boxes of was m twelve m thirteen i don 't fucking remember what it was don't watch my first videos, God they're bad. <laughs> But um, we always suck at the beginning oh my god they're, my buddy, side note real quick my buddy Josh just did a, how to play Force of Will on our channel for us mm-hmm. he recorded it like 17 times and he's so embarrassed by it I'm like dude trust <laughs> me you're gonna feel like a moron for the first few weeks but YouTube fell in our lap in the sense of I recorded some videos just for fun put them out there and, and people wanted to watch more and i was surprised i was like what what and then we did um i did the first card shop life because um again uh zach and aaron were shipping some things and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna go record them shipping some things and just fuck it throw it up on youtube because again we don't treat we'll get into this conversation i want to have this one later about our youtube and the way that we approach it okay but and it ties into it because i don't care we'll just upload anything whatever so i was like okay I'm just going to record them shipping things and just upload it just kind of as a joke. It was more of a joke to Aaron and Zach of like, haha, look, I put out a video of you guys doing boring shit. <laughs> but people fucking loved it. And here we are 300 and some episodes later and people are pissed that they're only 10 minutes long and we're only giving them like two or three a week. You know, they want it daily again. Aaron and I just did a half hour card shop life where we sat around and talked about nothing and people loved it. And it's like, we just discovered that shit by one, not giving a fuck and caring and just for fun. So it's like winging it and stumbling into things is how we built this entire thing. I kind of went like four different directions there. Forgive me for that.
0: That's okay. That's kind of what yeah. we, were, we were aiming for.
2: It's... So when it came to like Facebook and all this and all that, I don't hit it up hard. My Twitter, I have like 10,000 Twitter followers, I think. But... That's not built from the Darium's crew. Um, a couple times I've put out uh, my Twitter handle on our, our YouTube, but mine—my ten thousand followers was built previous to the store and separate from the store. That's why when I put out a tweet, it might get like a good tweet might get like ten, twenty favorites or retweets. It's not someone like um, Alpha Megason who will get like hundreds because all of his are his fans from his channel. Mm-hmm. Mine came from other avenues, so it's like it looks kind of dead, but. Um, Facebook, we actually neglect Facebook. I'm not going to lie to you about that one. Uh, why? It's a hassle to deal with, honestly. Um, the amount of, the amount of questions that come in off Facebook and a lot of, the fan engagement's really high, but it's very tedious to deal with Facebook. It just really is. Um, Twitter, Meg was doing Twitter for a while for us, but, um, when she left, we kind of didn't do much with that. So we have neglected a lot of it, don't get me wrong, but it's like... We know it's there, and when we need to, we use it, and it works. A lot of people just kind of don't think it's going to work. We know it'll work. We just don't. Aaron and I don't have the the time to maintain all of it right now. Okay, Aaron, talk for the next 10 minutes. Uh,
1: <laughs> you sit there. Social networking's hard to keep up with, so we just don't do it.
0: I think that's the reason most game stores don't do it, or at least they don't bother trying to get into it that they just think it's, oh, it's just how many hours a day do I have to spend on this to get any return from it?
1: A lot.
2: You do get <laughs> returned
1: quickly, though. You really do. We do get... We still get constant emails about how do I open up a car shop? And that's from like the, our videos that we posted like two years ago. And I've been handling those, but... It's just yeah, I feel...
2: just have to say real quick with the card shop thing i feel the guys that are that are in dire straits or the guys that are opening a card shop Mm -hmm. like you know i do skype sessions with them i talk to them on the phone and this and that for the general questions aaron takes care of it which we get a lot of so it's there is a lot and like i said it's like a two-year-old series so it works social media works and it does have a big response to it but yeah, maintaining it when Aaron and I are the ones that only maintain it is very overwhelming at this current time.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, a good reason why a lot of businesses do hire a social media manager, right? But dedicated, yeah. it, it is a time-consuming thing, so. But uh, when it comes to YouTube, why did you, like, you, you shot the one video for fun and then it just kind of
2: blew up from there? Yep. Um. Yeah, it's, The crowd... The group that gave us... Um... Our big push was Heroclix. Because... Okay, NECA owns Heroclix, right? Mm -hmm. And... I can't tell you how many times they've yelled at me on the phone. (laughs) Um... They've threatened to shut me down many times. And I literally told them... You're not going to. I am a thorn in their fucking ass. Because... I was doing unboxings of Heroclix and all this and all that. And... The HCRealms.com, fucking love you guys. They they carried me and they pushed me very hard. And um, there was a set, I think it was Wolverine and the X-Men. It was something like that. They shipped it to me early and we had like fifty cases of it. And normally they spoil everything that's in the Hero Click set. Well, they didn't spoil most of it. And it was when Gen Con was coming up. So now, in retrospect, I understand that NECA was trying to not spoil it so they could spoil it at Gen Con. I didn't know this <laughs> at that time. So what I did is, as soon as I got them in, HG Realms was trying to figure, figure everything out. So I was shooting a bunch of videos on the fly, being like, well, well, here's this, and taking it apart and showing the dial, and completely spoiling the set. And uh, NECA was fucking pissed. Oh my god, they called me and just fucking yelled at me. And... So AT Realms <laughs> loved me for that because they thought it was bullshit that NECA wanted to be the ones to do the big reveal, you know, only at Gen Con, only for people at Gen Con, by the way. And I, I agree, it's kind of bullshit. Why? But, um, what was that? Oh, why? Because for them to do the big reveal only at Gen Con, make it kind of a Gen Con exclusive, you know, whatever, and all the other people that couldn't go to Gen Con couldn't know what was in it, um, I think it's kind of bullshit in the sense of, it was the company doing it. They didn't let someone else do it, so they kind of hoard it for themselves. Okay, whatever. But the people that went to Gen Con, let's say this set was going to be a really good set. People at Gen Con could then turn around and buy a ton of it, pre-order a ton of it. Mm-hmm. And The people that didn't go might not be able to get in their pre-orders because when they do HeroClix, there's only so many they do for Wave 1. So it kind of hurts the guys that might not go to Gen Con. They might want you know, five cases of this stuff because HeroClix players do go deep a lot. And the five cases might not be around anymore. So it's like, I don't think you should punish people for not going to Gen Con. If it was something that they gotcha. gave out Gen Con exclusives, sure, okay, whatever. You know, like S, uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusives, that's fine. Yeah, But it's like, when this is a general public that's going to the general, you know, into the general public, but not everyone in the general public doesn't have the same information and they might not be able to get a hold of the same stuff, I thought that was kind of wrong that's you know in retrospect that's not why i did it again i didn't find out till afterwards but i do agree with the sentiment people in hd realms had but anyways when i did that they pushed the fuck out of me and um when in uh NECA saw the videos and the posts or whatever and when they were pissed i literally told them I'm like you're not going to shut me down like you're not because if you shut me down and i put out a video right now at this time i think we had a few thousand
1: subscribers yeah and maybe, all maybe two or three
2: Yeah, and they were, like, all Heroclix people. I'm like, I'll put out a video about what happened, and you gotta deal with 3,000 pissed-off Heroclix players. Like, good luck. Mm -hmm. So they they let it slide. But, yeah, that was where we got pushed big was with um, Heroclix. I gave up on Heroclix because their quality control is terrible. Too many broken figures, they wouldn't replace them for us, like, all this shit. And that's when we started moving into um, Magic more. We were doing Magic videos... But magic was pretty saturated at that time online. Heroclix was not. Gotcha. Oh, I'm sorry, that was a long-winded explanation.
0: No, that was a cool story.
2: But fuck Neca. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Neca, if you're listening, you're still not going to do shit to me. <laughs> Untouchable. Mm. From them, Yeah. Now, wizards, if wizards told me to light myself on fire, okay. <laughs> Whatever you want, wizards, I'm doing. Just keep keep giving me cards. Yeah, I'm not going to prod that beast. Uh Uh-uh. Okay.
0: Hmm. So is there
2: anything else about uh, YouTube that we should know? If somebody wanted to get
0: into YouTube the way that you were kind of doing it, and the the game store, obviously, what
2: would you uh, recommend? I'm going to recommend something more on a personal level. Sure. The community... Every... uh, if you are on YouTube to any varying degree, there's obviously a community of other content creators. Drama happens in every circle, every fucking other person I talk to that is in different, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter if you have 100 subscribers or several hundred thousand. There's always the drama. There's always the clicks. It plays out like Mean Girls, okay? Mean Girls was high school and it's also content creators on YouTube. Fucking dead serious. Um, If you get into it, is the politics are heavy behind content creators, so be very weary of that. Too many of them this is the thing that I have learned the biggest lesson I've learned about YouTube and the biggest disappointment I've learned about YouTube is this. The people in front of the cameras are not representing who they actually are by any fucking means. And that I think is what causes most of the drama. Um give me a couple minutes to explain this because it's fucking important if you're gonna get on YouTube. is if you make connections with other people it's great for collaborations because everyone needs each other's help you know you just you need it on youtube to help each other out get started whatever like alpha Megason, kind of pushing us um this is not alpha because i will tell you right now alpha Megason is the same guy on camera as off camera and that's why i respect him so much but you'll make contacts and you'll be like all right you know i already basically know you man and i already basically know you we'd watch each other's shit this and that but they're completely different people so when you start dealing with them behind the scenes you don't know if you're going to like this guy or not because mm-hmm. you don't know really who he is you only see the the persona he wears on camera and i think that's why drama is so high because you'll be like oh yeah dude we're gonna be awesome we're gonna get along you know and so you exchange phone numbers start doing collaborations on videos then you start realizing that this guy is not what he seems so the biggest thing about that is just you have to have connections in there. You have to collaborate with people. Anyone who does it solo, like right now, MTGHQ, um, mm-hmm. he does help other people, and I do like him. He is a big jackass. He self-admitted. I do like him, though. The thing is, is like we're watching it happen with him. He was the biggest one, but he's been doing too much solo shit lately, and that's, that's actually choking his channel out. Hmm. So you, you have to be able to collaborate and be okay with everyone else. Um, but just be careful because the drama is fucking real. If you watch the video I did where I went after, uh, Wedge and McQuacks, you know, like that shit happens, but I'm transparent. So I'm going to put it out there, but keep in mind, all of that started because I did a video pushing something for MTG HQ. That's it. I supported something HQ was doing and that caused, you know, that whole thing to happen. So be prepared for that because that shit is going to happen. The biggest thing to prepare for is dealing with the other people. So, I know that's not the answer you wanted with, you know, whatever, but that is the the biggest problem. Because there are people who I've known who left YouTube for that reason. It's, it's, it's a make it or break it if you can not cause too many waves and get along with people who are literally two-faced.
1: Hmm. It's so. kind of the same way with the car shop too, because I mean we have a. I've heard that we have a stigma about us where other car shops don't really like us. Yep, you just have to deal with that.
0: Why do you think yeah. that is? Go ahead. Uh, or at least, why do they say that is?
1: I, I I'm not sure. Uh, to me, it's we're, it's just a job, and I'm just working at a car shop doing the same thing they are. But I mean, when I have other people coming in the store. I mean, I guess everyone gossips about other car shops, but, I mean, they just talk badly about us.
2: I think maybe, I mean, I my guess is two things. One, you know, we don't treat it very professionally, so I think maybe they think we're going to give the industry a bad name, potentially, as in being jackasses too much. And the other thing is, I give out a lot of information about the businesses, or business, of the you know, not businesses, not their businesses, but mm. you know what I mean. The business we're in. Um, that I think a lot of people don't want out there, honestly. So I think they kind of want... They want their cards held tight. And if I'm willing to be transparent on something and I tell you... Like if I tell you the prices I pay on things, you know. Um, which is pretty much anyone knows that, but I'm just using it as an example. If I tell you the way that I'm running the business, it also inevitably tells you the way that other people are also doing it so i think that they just hate that i give them too much information about the industry in general which also applies to their business and they can't you know hold their cards too tight anymore if that makes mm. sense
0: some people think it, they're uh, that you're giving away their trade secrets
2: yeah like potentially i mean i don't think it's a bad thing freedom of information for all of that but some people they really do they, they don't like that being out there at all. So that's... I mean, those are really just my speculation on the two. We don't treat it as too serious, and I'll tell you anything you want to fucking know about it. I, that's my guess on it. Hmm. Well,
0: that's sometimes what happens when you put yourself out there in a, an authentic way that some people are going to like what you're doing, and if you were strong on your stance, some
2: people are going to hate what you're doing, too. That's probably yeah. a good sign. I, it doesn't bother me at all. The more people I know that hate me, the more that I know that I'm being paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Like, not that I want to gather people that hate me, but, you know, it's in the same sense. If there's a kid in your classroom that's being annoying, you just ignore, ignore him. You don't hate him. You have no negative thought. You just ignore him. But if you know what he's doing is actually meaningful, then you're going to start hating him. You know what I mean? You're actually paying attention to him. You're actually watching him. Like, so when I hear stuff like that, they're like, "Oh, this other car store hates you." I'm like, "Good. This means they're not ignoring us. This means that they think we have some kind of value, some kind of importance, and they hate that about us. They're paying attention to us. Exactly. That's, that's a good thing. That means I'm actually doing something important enough to garnish that attention, good or bad. Basically, Jaja Gaboring it. If anyone knows that reference, anyone, anyone. Nope, I don't. God damn it, I'm <laughs> fucking old. Jaja Gabor got in trouble for slapping her husband, right? And it was negative press, bad press. I don't remember the whole story behind it, but basically, you know, she was asked if it's going to damage her reputation, and she's like, even bad publicity is still publicity.
0: Mm.
2: So there you go. That's where that came from? Yes. Okay. Aaron, why do you think other places don't like us?
1: Other than YouTube. It's probably, uh, our crate service. They're just jealous.
2: I <laughs> ah, hate is gonna hate. God, that was too easy. Crate to envy? Do. Hit me. Da- Why other people didn't do that is mind blowing, dude. That was just too easy to get off the ground. Um,
0: Tell me about it. So that was part one of Kevin and Aaron's interview. A bit of a cliffhanger at the end there. If you want to hear the rest of the conversation, be sure to check out next week's episode and find out why other game stores are jealous of the Dirium's CCG crate. In the meantime, you should head over to com. Once there, you can check out past episodes of the Maniverse podcast, as well as articles on game store entrepreneurship and the magic community. You can also sign up for the Maniverse Saga newsletter, and I have the podcast delivered straight to your inbox every Friday. Now, I haven't asked this in a while, but if you like what you're hearing and you want to support the show, a great way to do that is to give me a rating and review over on iTunes. If you could uh, take the time to do that, it would be a big help, and I would really appreciate it. You can also hit me up with an email at tom at at any time. I'm always happy to read emails from you guys. Hearing from listeners and learning why you like the show keeps me going. It also helps to know what I'm doing right so I can do more of that and make the show more valuable to you guys because without you, this show wouldn't exist. Let me know if you like the three-person format and the more conversational flow, too. I like that a lot, but I'm curious to know what you guys think. And since we didn't get to the end of the interview, I'll plug Dariums for Kevin and Aaron right now. So check them out at Dariums.com. That's D-E-R-I-U-M-S dot com. YouTube.com slash DariumsCCGs. Facebook.com slash CCGs, Twitter handle is you guessed it darium's ccgs i'm sure you can see the pattern and if you're in Cayuga falls the address is 1724 portage trail so go give them a visit and tell them the maniverse podcast sent you with that said thank you very much for listening and i will talk to you again next week